You're listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast, where we speak with founders, CEOs, investors, advisors, experts, and thought leaders in the brave new world of psychedelics and entheogenic medicines. Brought to you by Psychedelic Invest, bringing you unparalleled psychedelic investing data and analysis. Psychedelic Invest is the industry's leading resource for those looking to invest in the burgeoning psychedelic industry. For more information and to access all of the podcast episodes, check out our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast. And now here's the host of the Psychedelic Invest podcast, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is the Psychedelic Invest podcast. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. Our guest today is Joel Breer. He is founder and CEO at Kaivalia Collective, as well as Tandiva Retreats and Five. We're going to talk a little bit about all the different organizations and nonprofits he's got going on. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. This whole world of psychedelics has so many different threads, and this is one of the fascinating ones, which is how do you actually create experiences? How do you create opportunities for people to use these medicines, these compounds, these products to be able to have experiences that are actually going to be life-changing, helping people, whether it's solve problems they're having or really help them inspire to be really what they want to be and and find ways to experience the world in, in better, greater ways is really a fascinating part of this industry. So we're going to talk to Joel about the different programs he's got put up, some of the research he's doing, uh, and really kind of where this world is going. Fascinating part of this. With all that, Joel, welcome to the program. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. It's a pleasure. Before we dig into everything that's going on with the retreats and the research nonprofit, let's get a little background. How did you get into the work that you're doing? How did you get into psychedelics? Give us the backstory. Oh, right. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, in the 90s, I was a a proper card-carrying psychonaut, uh, was really into psychedelics then, and could really see that there was something special about things that stood out from the rest of the substances. You know, at the same time, I grew up in Washington, D.C., and was no stranger to all the knuckleheadry, so I kind of got into all (laughs) substances then. And, uh, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, I uh, got clean from everything, and, you know... I found my healing through yoga and meditation, and then a few years later was reintroduced to psychedelics, probably around 2007, and this time it hit me like a ton of bricks, having some sort of system of self-inquiry, such as yoga and meditation, to then allow me to utilize these tools of psychedelics to go within and face those parts of me that may not be so comfortable. So where previously, you know, if, you know, you start going into a dark area, it's all, oh, I'm having a bad trip, I've got to think my way out of it where now I could kind of face these things. And I started experiencing rapid amounts of growth uh, very quickly and was very fortunate. At that time, I was living in the Virgin Islands on St. John and I had some amazing teachers and was just practicing yoga every day and meditating. Ended up becoming a yoga teacher and kept traveling around the world. I lived in India for a while, did the the ashram thing for a while, studied under a 102-year-old Swami there. And, you know, then moved to Australia. And uh, it was there that I started to really feel drawn more towards these medicines again. There I started studying under a curandero who was coming up um, and doing medicine sessions in these aboriginal bushlands outside of Sydney. And I became a firekeeper in his ceremonies and got to learn a lot of really beautiful things. Uh, yeah. From there, moved, kept moving around the world, studied under different curanderos, different shamans, different medicine workers. I began serving medicine myself in 2013. And, you know, because my background was in yoga and meditation, I used those as a lens for the container. So helping yeah. people get prepared for and integrate from the experience 
And no one was really doing that then. So that started to gain some attention, started doing some lectures and talks in Los Angeles around 2014, 2015. Psychedelic Renaissance was kicking up. And, uh, you know, my passion is 5-MeO-DMT. 5-MeO-DMT, okay. the most powerful psychedelic on the planet. Um, and because it's such a new medicine, there was no, no background bodies of wisdom we could look to. And so, you know, I really felt that this medicine needed lenses. It needed geographies because it's such a powerful experience. And yoga and meditation provided a good framework for that. And so my first bits of service with 5-MeO was through the yogic lens. And then as the psychedelic renaissance ramped up, you know, this stuff became a lot less about healing and spiritual growth and a lot more about proper deep healing and uh, recovering yeah. from trauma, acute anxiety, treatment-resistant depression. So it started evolving the container, started shifting everything and growing and learning more. My other background is in hospitality. I've always loved doing retreats. I've been leading retreats for about 12 years now. Um, yeah. and retreats just proved to be the most effective way to work with 5-MeO-DMT. And, uh, yeah. you know, long story short, I started really making an effort to get this out there. You know, I saw a lot of interests coming in and pursuing 5-MeO-DMT, but with a lack of experience and understanding of what this molecule really is and how dangerous it can be. But I, so I felt very, very, very inclined to help shepherd this medicine out into the world in safe and effective ways. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, given your background with, with all these kind of modalities and, and practices, do you, do you see psychedelics as an integral part of this practice? Is psychedelics just one of many ways to kind of get to these kind of healing journeys, healing processes? How, how does psychedelics fit into all the other things that, that you've practiced? You know, great, great question. Uh, I find psychedelics to be a tool that it can be used in unison with many other tools. All of these different practices, whether it's breath work, whether it's meditation, whether it's modern therapy, whether it's psychedelics, yeah. they're all tools that allow us access to self-inquiry. They're all tools that allow us access to our psyche. Psychedelics happen to offer a much more direct, quicker route into the deepest layers of our psyche than most other practices can allow us without having you know, years of experience under our belt. So yeah. I found psychedelics to be a very direct and very potent tool. And when used in unison or supported by therapeutic practices whether modern or whether ancient spiritual practices, I find that this combination or this container to be some of the most potent work and rapid evolutionary work that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And so let's talk about the psychedelics themselves. So you're, you're working with 5-MeO. What, yes. How, how does that fit into the kind of constellation of psychedelics, of you know, plant medicine, animal medicine, lab-based uh, you know, molecules, compounds, like how do you kind of organize the world of psychedelics and how does 5-MeO fit into it? All right. Great question. You know, for me, it's all around experience. Um, I'm not one to put much separation between a lab-made synthetic psychedelic and an earth-derived mm -hmm. psychedelic provided they, they, they deliver a, uh, an effective experience. 5-MeO-DMT, um, I would put at the, the crown jewel of the entheogenic or psychedelic kingdom, um, definitely being the most, pop, the most potent and the biggest experience, and it comes from both natural sources and synthetic sources. So 5-MeO-DMT can be found, most popularly is found in the um, peritoidal glands of the bushel avarius toad, the Sonoran Desert toad. Mm -hmm. However, you know, as we all know, milking these toads is not sustainable I and mean, yeah. not ethical. So we use uh, synthetic-made uh, material, lab-grade 99.98 or 99.98, at least pure 5-MeO-DMT. That is what we love to use. There's a few other plant sources that it can be extracted from. And it's a bit of a difficult process, unlike NNDMT. Um, and then, of course, it's also found in the human body. So both NNDMT and 5-MeO-DMT are present within the human body. 
and theorized to be behind the mystical experiences that we've heard about through religious history. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So how have you developed these kind of retreats and experiences and give us a little sense of the background and, and how you've kind of organized these different kind of solutions or journeys or, or experiences that you have for folks? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot about our company and its subsidiaries were responses to um, a lot of the mishaps that were happening with 5-MeO-DMT. You know, as I said, this is a medicine without a lineage. I mean, so there's yeah. a lot of people just picking up pipes and getting their hands in some stuff and serving it to people. But this experience is in another realm than other psychedelics in terms of this is the only psychedelic that can regularly produce a dissolution of the default mode network, a complete dissolution or falling away of the ego temporarily and leading yeah. to the ultimate mystical experience that is absolutely ineffable. But it's so powerful that it can cause psychosis. It can traumatize yeah. people, even if they have a beautiful experience. You know, this is really powerful stuff. So we found that their preparation is a non-negotiable. Um, we begin with medical and psychological screening, making sure there's not any medications that contraindicate, making sure there's no psychological conditions that could be exacerbated by this. And there are quite a few as well. And then engaging in the preparation process. And that is, you know, twofold. One, it is helping prepare them with all the tools you can to, to be able to surrender when that moment comes. And it's also allowing us to get to know them and what makes them feel comfortable. What traumas are they working with? What types of language are they comfortable with? What can we do to allow them to feel safe and held? Because at the end of the day, the last thing the mind thinks before it completely dissolves away is, am I in a safe place to relinquish control? And if yeah. we haven't taken the steps yet to ensure that that is a yes, then that's where you can see those big challenging experiences or experiences yeah. where someone can get traumatized by this, uh, this journey. So preparation, yeah. we do at least two weeks of preparation with every participant that comes to the center. And the preparation is done individually and privately uh, via Zoom. Here at the center, we have a, what we call an individual group hybrid model. So we take a number of participants weekly that are doing their own individual retreats side by side. So the medicine sessions are done privately. We do private one-on-one -on -one integration check-ins, but then there's group activities, whether it be integration circles in the evenings, meditation or breath work, things like that. So they can still be a part of that group gestalt. You know, there's been a few studies that have shown that there is a chartable effect to undergoing this type of healing in a group atmosphere. But with 5-MeO-DMT, we want to keep the individualized component so we can make sure that each, each participant's container can stay malleable to their unique process. And, yeah. you know, to, to be able to do that, it takes a wide array of skill sets of understanding not only, you know, we are kind of one of our slogans is ancient roots for modern growth. So understanding what the participant needs, are they going to be served through, you know, it might be specific types of breath work or meditation. Do they need more modern therapeutic practices? What kind mm -hmm. of, what is it going to take to get, uh, to get this person to feel safe and to feel held? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then of course, the most important part afterwards is integration. So each participant is assigned an integration specialist from our team who works with them for four weeks after the retreat to ensure lasting change rather than just a peak experience that fades away. Yeah. So give us a little more uh, details on the uh, facility uh, and, and how the retreat center and, and that part of your work relates to some of these other organizations and nonprofits. Going to give us the map of, of what you're working on these days. Absolutely. So Tandava Retreats was the world's first above ground 5-MeO-DMT retreat center focused on safe and effective use. Uh, we opened in October of 2021. Uh, we, you know, so we just wrapped up our first full year and it's been absolutely beautiful. We're located in a place called Tepoztlan, Mexico, about an hour and a half south of Mexico City. And for anyone who's not familiar, this is one of the most beautiful towns in the world. It's a little mountain town that's just nestled in these very dramatic 
very striking mountain ranges that kind of surrounds the entire um, valley. And so you've got beautiful views everywhere you go. It's always spring weather. So they call it the land of eternal spring, birds and butterflies and hummingbirds everywhere. Just a very pleasant quality of life here. Everyone is just, you know, it's good vibes. There's a there's no crime rate here. There's nothing really adverse that happens. And it's just a very safe place. Thus, it is extremely conducive for this type of work. Um, at yeah. our center, it's a, an amazing center, a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, it was built about 38 years ago and was previously used for wedding celebrations. And we converted the wedding chapel. Yeah, we converted the wedding chapel into the medicine temple. And it's, uh, it's a very striking space with big glass walls with great views of the mountains. And it's filled with big plants and it's nice. And uh, yeah. we've got a, you know, we've got a Turkish steam sauna. We've got a big hot tub outside and a big pool and sun loungers and hammocks and beautiful flowers everywhere. So it's just a very nurturing, safe, beautiful place to be able to safely unfold, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, be- great food. Um, we work with uh, a few different organic farms and get farm to table, amazing produce. The proteins we work with, same thing, farm to table, all natural. We've got some great chefs working here and uh, yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. Sounds yeah. beautiful. And some of the other organizations, how does it relate to some of the research you're doing and some of the other groups? Yeah. So one of our other subsidiaries is FIVE, which stands for 5-MEO-DMT Information and Vital Education. And this was done as a response to a lot of the chaos happening in the community because there is no centralized hub of resources and information around 5-MEO-DMT. And that's why we put out FIVE. So this is from anyone from prospective participants who can go on and you know read about 5-MEO, see all the different research that's taken place see all the possible adverse effects, all of these things. Or let's say you just had a 5-MEO experience and you're starting to have a little uh, breakdown a few weeks later and you need some support. You can go in there and Mm -hmm. find the integration specialists who are familiar with the 5-MEO process and reach out to them directly. You can look in and you can see a list of vetted retreat centers, vetted practitioners who are practicing in places where not illegal, make sure that there's no outstanding allegations, making sure that they have first aid protocol, making sure that they provide integration support, et cetera. And then we also do monthly webinars. We had Hamilton Morris on a uh, month before last. And we had Ian Benweese, the founder of the Silamath Oxen Church on last month. And, um, and we have our training program. And so our training program is a year-long facilitator training program offering a completely well-rounded understanding of everything around facilitation of 5-MeO-DMT. And the aim here is to raise the bar for facilitation of 5-MeO. This provides a knowledge and understanding from everything from the spiritual understanding to the clinical side, making sure that practitioners have an understanding in both worlds. Because for a psychedelic that produces such a mystical experience, some sort of understanding of mystical geographies is necessary. It doesn't mean you have to believe in anything mystical or spiritual, but you have to yeah. be able to have some understanding because when a participant has yeah. an experience that is so far beyond the mind like that and is moved to such a deep level and has no idea what to say, they're going to need more than, oh, that was your 5-HT2A receptor. That could feel like unity. You know, they're going to need, <laughs> they're going to need a little something more. And so, yeah. yeah, it's very important. And so 5, five is, uh, is that arm and has been, it's had a great launch this year. It's been really well received. 5 and 10 Dava are teamed up for the training. The last three weeks of the training um, is to, takes place at the Tandava Center, where students are getting hands-on experience with the medicine, different methods of facilitation, um, routes of administration, etc. And we are also all three of, or all both of these companies are teamed up with UCL, um, University College London, for some research around 
obtaining the first full neural readouts or full brain imaging of the complete mystical experience. So we will be drawing from 32 participants here who are known to be what we call Buddha sitters, people who can keep uh -huh. their body particularly still when on 5-MeO-DMT, which is not most people. But luckily, yeah. we have a lot of people to draw from. And so they will be wearing a, I believe we're going for a 64-point uh, EEG headset. And, uh, and we'll be getting those readings. So we're very excited about that, um, about this upcoming research this year. Um, and we're also spreading into uh, developing protocols and advising and consulting for drug development companies, uh, pharma companies, and biotech companies pursuing 5-MER-DMT, um, whether it's um, creating their custom protocols and best practices for their clinical trials, et cetera. Because again, this is a medicine that we know very, very well. And a lot of the interests who are pursuing 5-MER-DMT do not have a lot of experience and we've personally seen what can go wrong when a lack of experience comes into the 5-MeO realm. You may have had yeah. 35 things go right, but then you have a participant die on you. And that's something that we never, ever, ever want to see for ourselves, of course. But 5-MeO doesn't need any more bad headlines. I mean, what do we have in 2021? There is Italian porn star kills friend with toad venom. You know, things yeah. like this, they do not do the cause any, any, uh, any justice. So, you know, optics really matter at this point. So having people who know this stuff is very, very vital. So we've begun uh, moving into that space and are in talks with a few companies that are pursuing 5-MEO. Um, and we'll be creating some nice protocols for them to really help them reach their goals as well. Because we've got a lot of data to draw from, a lot of experience to draw from. And so that's been fun. And, uh, and then our other, we've, uh, we've launched a nonprofit called Quetzali, and Quetzali is completely around supporting indigenous infrastructure within Mexico, specifically around supporting in communities that are engaged in, engaged in indigenous sacred practices with medicines. So we're pursuing a few different projects here. Um, we're going up to Sonora next month to uh, Punta Chueca, where the toads are, the Bufa, various toads, um, in efforts to um, support some projects that are happening around there for water conservation for the Sadi tribe, and also um, another organization called Fair Trade Toad, which is trying to kind of make sense of the whole Bufo thing and make it sustainable, but it's kind of chaos there right now. So we're looking to go in there and um, bring any assistance we can. Uh, and also with Peyote, I'm really looking to yeah. create some projects that are around sustainable Peyote to help with the Huichol tribes, to help with the Lakotas, all the other tribes who are starting to lack direct access to this medicine that is such a foundational part of their culture. So, you know, Quetzali, I'm the president of the board for Quetzali, and really it's it's our way of giving back to Mexico. Mexico has been a place that's nurtured us. It's taken us in and it's allowed us to engage in these practices that are not legal in a lot of places. And it's provided such a nurturing, beautiful place. And the culture here is just so moving. And it's affected us to such a deep level that Quetzali is really sh us showing our love and appreciation and gratitude for Mexico and engaging in yeah. sacred reciprocity um, in any way we can. Yeah. So let's talk about the kind of legal framework and the legal situation. So what what is the status of some of these compounds, some of these psychedelics, and under what capacity are you operating? What are what are the frameworks? Where are things going? What's changing? Give us a little bit of the landscape there. Where things are going and what's changing, things are going a lot of directions. It could be anyone's game right now. Um, yeah. In terms of legality, we sit in a comfortable gray area where 5-MeO-DMT is not scheduled in Mexico. Um, okay. Unlike its cousin NNDMT. NNDMT is expressly illegal here, ayahuasca, etc., um, mm -hmm. And so we just sit in that comfortable, that comfortable gray area, provided we are not advertising it as medical treatment, um, yep. as this is an experience, we can sit safely in this, uh, in this gray area. And, you know, it took us a long time to really figure out how to finesse this, to make it make sense for a U.S. corporation, a, a Mexican corporation, 
to not be in violation of any IRS laws, all of that fun stuff. So, yeah. you know, that was yeah. a fun tens and tens of thousands of dollars to figure out. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. But we found we found our comfortable flow right now that keeps us uh, keeps us protected and keeps us safe. Mexico, where it's going right now is anyone's guess. They took an unusual move a few months ago and expressly made ayahuasca illegal, where previously it was okay. just because DMT was in there. But they made yeah. a big arrest a few months back with Don Jose Campos, um, a big ayahuasquero coming out of the Amazon, and arrested him with a, uh, a large amount of ayahuasca. And so it seems to be kind of backwards or counterintuitive to the progress that is happening. Um, at the same time, there are efforts going forward to secure 5-MeO-DMT from becoming scheduled and to um, allow for some more leeway for medical practice with it or clinical practice mm -hmm. with it. So we'll see what direction that goes. We're keeping our, you know, keeping our ears out at all times. I'm shifting regulation around sure. the world. You know, we had plans. We were opening up a second uh, Tandava Center in Costa Rica, which it was supposed to be opening now. And we ended up pulling yeah. the plug in that project earlier this year. Um, and we're going to be looking at other parts of the world as regulations shift um, and most likely go for a Euro European crowd rather than kind of splitting our North American demographic down the middle for Mexico and yeah. Costa Rica retreats. But, uh, you know, right now, Mexico South in a lot of the countries do have nice gray areas for certain things. I always advise people, get your legal letters of opinion, uh, do your due diligence, make sure what is allowed and how it's allowed. But I do see a lot of the action shifting down from Mexico, Costa Rica, different areas. I think we're going to see a lot of more holistic centers opening up. You know, I think that's where the action is going to be um, in the near future for psychedelic medicine. I think the bulk of it's going to be done in centers. Um, and through experiential work, because that's where we see the most results. There's definitely yeah. room for the clinical area, but I think this is going to be around specific acute conditions and a lot less about around mental wellness and mental health. So I yeah. see I see the future of psychedelics mainly being in centers, and I see a lot of that action happening from Mexico South, then also in the Caribbean. You know, St. Vincent has opened up. Uh, they've legalized, from my understanding, and we're looking at there also. Um, and then some, you know, some potential regulation shifting in different countries. And so we've constantly got our eyes out to see where we can where we can go, who we can team up with, who's doing stuff right, and uh, where we'd like to uh, where we'd like to plant a Kaivalia flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you mentioned Europe. What what is the status of Europe, and and why look at that kind of that area of the world, either from a legal point of view or from a, a demand point of view? For a demand point of view, it's because we're getting a lot of people from Europe reaching out to us. Um, we get quite a few clientele here from Europe, and I know that amount yeah. would, you know, would increase greatly if we were to provide something that was more accessible. Legally speaking, right now we're seeing things start to shift. Most likely, some of that action is going to be happening in Portugal, Ibiza, yeah. kind of those areas. Right now, there's nothing clear that's going to allow for a business really rocking this stuff out. It's happening, but. You know, for a clear above board business that's doing marketing, don't think it's that time yet, uh, but yep. we're keeping an eye out there. But it just makes sense. Europe really wants it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Where else in the world is it? Are you noticing anything either in terms of areas that are getting more interested or areas that Africa. are shutting down? Oh, so this Africa. Is, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to see some, some action happening in Africa, particularly in South Africa, most likely. You know, there's hey. been a big, a big kind of uptake in just conscious activity and, and new types of therapies happening. You know, it started happening with the kind of boom in uh, Ghana, I think it was 2019, you know, they called it the year of the great return and a, just a really beautiful revitalization happening. And there's been a big interest specifically in South Africa from around psychedelics and their regulations. I believe there are some comfortable gray areas there. So I think that's going to be a fun place to pursue in the near future. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and how the solution that you're offering, the experience you're offering is 
you know, a particular format, particularly, you know, intensive, um, you know, certain yeah. price point, travel, right? So how how do you look at kind of the broader issue of access, you know, for folks that may not be able to afford this kind of, or either monetarily or time-wise, situational, um, that have need or have, you know, could benefit from this medicine? How, like, how is this going to play out from an industry point of view? Great question. I think the answer, at least for right now, is scholarship programs. Scholarship programs are vital. You know, I always say there's a lot of reasons someone shouldn't do 5-MeO-DMT, but money is not one of them. And so yeah. we we do quite a few scholarships, whether partial or full. We do actually more full than we do partial scholarships. Yeah. Uh, but it's really been our mission to make sure that this is accessible. And, you know, this is a, we do offer a high price point. You know, our a five-day retreat with us is just under $6,000, but it's a yeah. seven-week program. And it, uh, we're putting a lot out. You know, we're putting a lot into it. And so provided we still make it accessible and we have, you know, we constantly have a list of um, of scholarship um, applications and we're, you know, we rock out as many as we can per month of uh, we leave open slots every month to bring in people on that. So that's kind of how we're doing it right now. We did the same thing for our training program as well. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And what are the big, I mean, you mentioned some of the research that you're participating in. What else do you see going on out there in terms of research, studies, trials that are you know, expanding our knowledge and understanding of really how some of these psychedelics work and, and how mm-hmm. to apply them, what conditions, like what's interesting for you? Well, for me, the serotonin uptake inhibitors in that whole system, um, I think this research we're going to be getting done with UCL is going to provide some of the first real solid insight to what's happening in there when there's a full dissolution of the default mode network. What's really happening when someone is reporting a full mystical experience? There seems yeah. to be a direct connection between serotonin and these psychedelics, you know, as most of them work with these receptors and with consciousness, there seems to be a direct connection between consciousness and our serotonin. And so, I mean, for me, what the real juicy part is the study of consciousness, the exploration of consciousness. That's about as juicy as it gets for me. Um, (laughs) But uh, I do see, you know, I do see 5-MeO-DMT making its way to the front of the line. Um, Psilocybin is wonderful, but we just know 5-MeO-DMT to be far more effective in terms of creating lasting change very quickly. We call it blasting caps, you know, rather than chipping away at a wall. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there are a lot of companies pursuing it right now. Uh-huh. You were looking to do a sleep study in the future to understand reactivations because 5-MeO-DMT is the only one that provides reactivations like this. Um, so we're looking to do a sleep study there. Uh, we're looking to do some different study into 5-MeO-DMT for physical, physical conditions, physical persistent pain, things like this. And uh, all of that really gets me going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I get it. And do you feel like is this uh is this something that people are going to be integrating into their lives on a regular basis? Is this like you reach a point in life and you're like I need to go through this to kind of unlock the next level? How, how do you see this really kind of incorporating into people's kind of life experiences, lifestyles, things like that? What is this? How does this play out for you? Really unique to each individual. You know, there's some people that have this experience once and they're good. They don't need to come back to it. They don't have a desire to come back to it. And it created a huge positive shift within their life that lasted. There are some people that like to come down and kind of do a check-in with it, you know, say every year or so. Some people check in more frequently. We always caution against very frequent use of 5-MeO-DMT as it will have um, opposite uh, reactions and desired as the ego can create a... uh, an identity around it, essentially. We build up a resistance to the full dissolution. Um, yeah. But yeah, it really depends on what people are looking to do. You know, there's always deeper layers we can heal, but at some point we have to remember to just enjoy life and, you know, accept that it has ups and downs. Um, and then, you know, there's quite a few people who do significant healing and then have what they would kind of define as an awakening of some sort. And then they develop a new thirst or hunger or desire to journey mm-hmm. deeper into themselves and to, 
you know, what to really understand, you know, what everything about this cosmos, you know, we've seen <laughs> yeah, quite exactly. a few people turn into whether proper psychonauts or, or, you know, endeavor on a proper spiritual journey. You know, one participant yeah. we had last year, he came to work on, you know, he had treatment resistant depression for over 30 years, no success clinically and with psychology. Really? And, uh, he had a, I mean, full hundred percent turnaround and, um, you know, he developed, and he also had a very strong aversion to spirituality because of religious trauma. Yeah. But you yeah. know, now he's uh, now he's in a Buddhist community and is uh, taking on meditation and has really yes. just found this entire zest for life. And so it happens. And so some people may initially start for healing and then go back to medicine for more of an explorative type of experience. Yeah, it's really uniquely yeah. uh, individual to each person's process. I'd say. Yeah, that's fascinating. Joel, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. If people want to find out more about you, more about the retreats, more about the other work that you're doing, what's the best way to get that information? Um, I would say uh, come to our websites. There's tendavaretreats.com. And then five is five as in F-I-V-E dash M-E-O dot education. Those are our two main places. You can find us on social media. I'm just Joel Briere with a period in between. And um, you can follow Tendava. You can follow five M-E-O education. We're all over there and just look out for fun articles coming out. Look out for fun press releases. We've got a lot of really fun stuff going on in the next three months that we're really excited to uh, to present to the world. Awesome. I'll make sure all the information is in the show notes so people can click Beautiful. through and get that. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Likewise, Bruce. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast. If you liked this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and leave us a review. You can find more episodes on all the major podcasting platforms and our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast.